we both planned on using, I mean, the scripture back when we, you know, had the theme, what's holding you back, uh, we talked about the scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. And so I'm going to start with that too. And like she said, we say it all the time, but I, I've been, I've only been saved for 20 something years and I never, ever get tired of hearing that scripture. And so whether you've been saved two days, 20 years or 80 years, this scripture was relevant back in, uh, was it 593? Thank you. (laughs) It was relevant back then, BC, and it's relevant right now, and it's power right now. And so that's, um, that's exciting. So I'm going to read it again. And it's, uh, Jeremiah 29 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. And I really love that. Tanya explained it so well, which I didn't know she was going to do that because she kind of, she set it up. She set it up by giving y'all the background, which is great because she's good at the teaching part of it. Um, but that's good news. It is so, it's such good news to know that he has a plan, that the creator of the universe and the creator of us has a plan for us. And not only that, it's just some old plan, but it's a good plan. It's a plan for a future and a hope. And so I want to encourage us today to focus on, think about the plan, the plan that he has for you and I. Oftentimes, God will deliver his plan to us through dreams. Dreams, that's some, that's what we're talking about today. We're going to take a little, um, we're going to take what she said and we're going to break it off a little bit and we're going to talk about plans and dreams. And before I really get into it, I want you to, I'm going to explain what I mean by dr- uh, the dreams that I'm talking about because if you see it everywhere. You see shirts with dream on it. You see signs, room decor. Like dreaming is really, um, a, have, has become a popular thing. Now it was originated in the Bible, but at different points in history, dreaming has gotten big, but it often has taken on different meanings. So today there is a context, there is a meaning that I'm going to explain in a minute. So if you're the type of person that's like, I'm not into all that dreaming, hold on, okay? I'm going to explain it. It's going to make sense and you're going to be happy, happy about it. Um, You know, there's a cycle that happens with our dreams and that's really what I'd like to teach you today. I've, I've been praying over this. I mean, since we started working on it in, in this, in January and I've, I've tried to like title what I felt like the Lord was impressing on me to, to present to y'all, to encourage y'all with. And so as I was praying and really just, I mean, for months, just seeking the Lord, he's added things and taken away from the original message that I originally had uh, wrote out. Um, I want to, teach y'all today. I want to explain it to y'all today. And the topic, the title, if you're taking notes, which I encourage you to, is called the dream cycle. There's a cycle that happens with our dreams, and I promise it's going to make sense if it doesn't yet. Um, It's important to talk about this because we are witnessing a time in our history um, where disheartenment, discouragement, and discontentment 
is causing women in the church to abandon ship. You know, these things have gone on throughout history, but it seems like that give up and quit mentality has really seeped its way into the church and to the children of God and to the women of God and has it's, it seems like it's leaking all over the place. Am I the only one that sees that? Or do you see your Christian sisters who have given up and they've abandoned ship? And some of us in here may have done that as well. And so what I want to talk about today is how do we stop this? What is our part? And why does this even matter? So the dream cycle that I want to explain to you is a three part and I'm going to give you all three of them. Um, but what I would really like to do as I was praying about it, you know, you said you were praying about something and God gave you the analogy of the trapeze and the faith and all that. I thought that was so cool because I was praying like, God, how can I explain? I'm a, I'm a visual. I don't know how many of you are visuals in here. Okay, good, good. This is for y'all. Um, so I'm a visual learner. And so you have to explain it in a picture for me to really grasp what you're trying to say. So today I want to talk about, I want to help identify where each one of us are on this dream cycle so that we can be equipped to make a difference in the way that God created us to do. And so I want to help those that have abandoned ship. I want to help you to get back on the ship. I want to invite you to get back on the ship because your journey is not over. I also want to encourage those who are considering jumping off. You're at the ledge. You're looking over. You're ready to quit. You're contemplating it. You're weighing your options. I want to encourage y'all to stay put because God is still working. I also want to encourage you, those of you who are, you're steady on the ship, you're good, you've been at this a while, feeling good, life is, you just, you rocking it, you're on the ship. I want to encourage you to throw a life ring to your fellow sister. Every part is important, and that's the analogy that the Lord gave me was a ship. We're all, we, we, are, we all have some part to play on that. You know, the re- one of the things that has been rolling around in me concerning this is I've been talking to so many women over the last six months and probably a little bit beyond that have a stirring. They're stirring. You're stirring. You want to do something for God. You have this excitement. You, God is doing things in your life. And the ladies that I have been talking to, they're kind of like, where do I go? What do I do? Where do I put my efforts in? Uh, and, and so, Knowing that and praying about that, I, w- I want to help you to define where you are and really just, I really want to give you permission and I want to give you a, a just a, an encouragement to, to go, to go and do what God has created you to do and put inside of you to do. This is a time in our history where we don't have to wait for a, uh, we don't have to wait for a, a a class. We don't have to wait for an award. We don't have to even wait for um, 
somebody to say, okay, now you may use your Facebook and Instagram to honor the Lord. We don't have to wait for that. We are in a time, a desperate time in history where we must use our voice to echo the voice of the Father. And so we we must take the dreams that have God has placed inside of us, the plans that he has for us, and we must step out. Now is the time, and we don't have to wait. And so I hope by the end of today that you would be encouraged to to see and to acknowledge what God has uniquely designed for you to do, not look at your sister and go for it. Can y'all agree that that would be something good to walk away with today? Now I have a question for you. Do you remember, now again, remember we're talking about the plans of God. God has a plan for each one of us. Do you remember the first time you heard or sensed a plan, because it's not just one plan your whole life. Like God is constantly leading and guiding you and telling you what to do. But can you remember a time where God spoke to you, maybe through his word or just audibly, and you're like, oh, God told, God gave me a plan. Uh, I remember when I was 14 years old, uh, the youth group over here had went to um, Astroworld, and we were at a third day concert. Who remembers third day right? They are still so awesome. Uh, <laughs> but um, we were at a concert, and we were up in the front, and I had caught the guitar pick. I felt so special. But anyway, that doesn't even matter in this story. I just wanted to say that. Um, but my friend that I was with, her name is Missy, and she started, I'm like, oh, this is great. We're rocking out, you know. And next thing I know, she's on the floor, hurled up crying. And I'm like, oh my gosh, well, we're in this big mob of teenagers, so probably she got hurt. So I'm like, are you okay? What's going on? And she's just crying. And next thing, and then the friends around us are happy. And so like, I had just gotten saved and I was new to this Christian thing. But like when you're crying, you're usually not happy. So I was pretty confused on what was going on. Come to find out, the Lord spoke to her at that third day concert and told her that he was going to use her to interpret for the deaf. And I, I know, right? <laughs> and at 37 years old, she still does that. And she is still using that gift that the Lord spoke to her so many years ago. And so I want to take a minute to speak to the teenagers in here. Okay, I know y'all are all across. But first of all, I'm so glad you came and you joined us older women. We love you. We're glad you're here. And I want to encourage you and tell you that God has a plan for you. And he can speak to you at any age, at any time. It, it is a, God, his, when he wants to speak to us, it is not about age. It is not about our parents, it's not even about our parents and how they behave. It's not about our parents and how much they hear from the Lord or they don't, are they serving the Lord or they're not serving the Lord. God wants to speak to you. He just wants you to tune your ears to listen to him. And so for all you youngins in here, tune your ears to the Lord because he, just like he spoke to my friend, he wants to speak to you. Now, that's not just for the, the teenagers in here, but as I was praying, I felt like the Lord wanted me to single you out and let you know that God hears you and he wants to speak to you. He wants you to hear him. So y'all listen, listen to him. Now, at that age with my friend, 
I, I want to, when she got her word at 14, I'm like, I want to know what I want to do. So as any teenager would do, I went talk to the leaders. I went talk to my friends and I said, well, what does God have for me? Because surely if he told her at 14, he's going to tell me. But you know, the cool thing about God is he just gave me a little bit at a time. He would prompt me to do this, give me an opportunity to do that. And I just, as I followed the Lord through the years, he has just taken me on a journey of really following his plan. And so I hope, I hope, my hope today is that you will get excited to hear. Because, you know, we cannot be used by God if we don't want to be used by God. God can call you. He could speak directly to you and audibly to you. But if you don't want to hear from him, you will, we'll miss it. And sometimes it's in small voices like, hey, walk in forgiveness. Or, hey, don't say that on Facebook. Stop. Don't respond. No, no. You know, like God speaks to us in little ways to do little things in, in, in some big and booming ways. Um, and so, again, I want to know, I, I'm hoping that this stirs you up. Some of you who God has spoken to maybe in the past or he's trying to get your attention right now. I'm really hoping that this will stir you up to listen and to seek him for that. And I want to take you through a story in the Bible where there was a lady, a young lady who God spoke to. She went on this dream cycle that I want to talk to y'all about today. And it's found in Luke 1.26. Which I think is funny because back whenever, like 10 years ago and beyond, when you would turn to a scripture, you heard like a bunch of people turning pages. And now that we look on here and we have our phones, it's like awkward when like the person speaking is like, it's like everybody's quiet and we're turning the page. So what do you do during that time? You make a joke about it. All right. Luke one twenty six. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, Galilee to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be a very great, I mean, he will be very great, and we will, he, oh Lord, help me with this sentence. Let's start over, 32. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has begun become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded. I love her response. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. So the first part of the dream cycle is the dream. Uh, That, that, 
is the term that people overuse or use and, and give many definitions to. So I want to clarify. A dream, by definition, actually is a cherished aspiration, ambition, or ideal. And so the three type of dreams that encompass what I want to talk about, and if you're taking notes, you can write it down, is first of all the God-spoken dream. Because remember, a dream is the plan that God has for you that you take, you own it, and you work it. Okay? That's the, that's the dreams we're talking about. So God-spoken. So a God-spoken dream is something that God spoke to you, like with Mary or my friend Missy. Also, a God-spoken dream can be something you read in the Word. Like the Great Commission says, uh, Matthew 28, 19, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you to the end of the age. When we have a um, something that God spoke to us in the Word, and we take it, like, and we own it, and we go for it, that... That's our, that's us dreaming. That's what God wants us to do. He does not want to give us a plan in the Bible and tell us what to do. And we'd be like, oh, I don't want to do that. That's not dreaming. <laughs> so he wants us to dream. He wants us to take these plans that he's given us. The other, um, the, the second kind of dream. So you have the God spoken dream and then the God designed dream. The God designed dream is a spiritual gift that was woven in you and me strategically by God that when we realize it, we have a desire to use it for his purpose. There are people who God has given them gifts and they don't want to use it. Now, some of them have to, some gifts we do have to develop. And sometimes it's not always you know, we gotta, we gotta settle it and set it aside to maybe do something else for, for the time being. But when God designs us to do something, that, that is, a an obvious way of, of that He wants us to live. An obvious dream. Like an example would be our serve team. They take a spiritual gifts test and then they get placed in an area to serve where they have been gifted in. It sounds so simple, right? I know. Okay. So don't be the dead horse. Um, another, uh, examples are ministry, missions, teaching, serving, giving. In Judges 4, it talks about Deborah, who was a pro, a pro- prophetess. She was a prophetess and God used her to lead, uh, over 10,000 warriors into victory. But that was what she was designed to do. God designed her for that. And the third kind of dream is, an ideal dream, which is the best of a natural circumstance. And that's where a lot of us are. That's what Job was doing. Job was living the dream. Those of you uh, who, who, who heard about Job in the Bible, he was a blameless man. He was blessed with family and wealth. And a lot of us also dream of a similar ideal lifestyle, maybe a godly husband. That's a good dream. A healthy family, a beautiful home, good grades for those of you who are students making a difference in your high school good friends and family and friends so the the three to recap the three types of dreams that I'm talking about today is a god spoken dream a god designed dream or an ideal dream and when we cherish and focus on and act on these these dreams or these plans that god has put in front of us 
we can label that our dream. For years, when people would talk about dreams, I was confused. I'm like, wait, okay, so I like to go on missions, and I like to share the word of God, but I have four kids, so like, what's my dream? Like, I was, I was like confused, and it's so powerful, and the Bible talks about dreaming, so I have been actually studying this for gosh, a couple years now because I needed to explain, I needed to understand it. And I thought, man, after understanding it and really getting a a concept on it, really felt like the God wanted, that God wanted to awaken dreams in his daughters during this time in history. So as I talk about what dreams are, I do want to take a minute to talk about the misconceptions about dreams. One of them is that it has to be mind-blowing. If you're going to dream, it has to be mind-blowing. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. That's a misconception. Another misconception is it should be easy. How many of you have gone for a dream and it was simple, so easy, flawless, right? No, nobody. Um, Another misconception is that everybody's dream is the same. I mean, look, I have twin girls. They are identical twins. They look alike. And guess what? Their dreams are not the same. The things that they desire to do are different. And they both came from my womb at the same time. Y'all were different. We can be have the same title as someone else, but want to take it in different directions. God might want to be taking us in different directions. And I feel the need to talk about comparison, though it's not in my notes, but we have a misconception that if I dream about being a singer, and God has given me songs, then I got to look like Lauren Daigle. No, not everybody's going to be Lauren Daigle. Only Lauren is Lauren. And so we have to realize that God puts these dreams in our heart not to look like someone else, but to be uniquely us and who he has called and created us to do. Uh, the other two are it must affect others in order to be valued. That you can have a personal dream that is a personal, something close to you that God has put for you, God might be telling you, hey, I want you to get off of this medicine, so I want you to take care of your health. Well, you know what? I mean, I guess in a sense it could affect others, but God gives us stuff, gives us things for us as well. And another misconception that's probably the worst is that God doesn't care. And I'm going to be honest with you all, for years I was scared of dreams because I thought that that's not how God worked. He was going to be a little bit more practical. Now, if you know me, my mind is very not, I mean, it's like not practical. That's probably not the right word. But I think very wildly and outside the box and kind of creatively. And so when I was thinking that my dream had to look a certain way, I had to just abandon it all because it didn't make sense. And so I'm thinking that there may be some of y'all here today who have said, oh, well, this isn't practical, so we're just going to just gonna throw it away. But that's not what God wants. He wants to awaken the plans that he has inside of us. Now, there are times that we feel like we were born with it, and it's, you know, some things come pretty easy because God designed us that way. And there are, there are times that it comes to us in a booming way. But I just want to encourage you to be open to God. I'm not talking about what you see on TV or um, maybe what we see on, on social media. I'm not talking about grabbing someone's dream that looks good and holding it as your own and going for that. I'm talking about for God has plans for us and grabbing the plans 
from God. But we really can learn a lot from Mary. I love this story and I, ooh, I just, I love this story. There's so much we can take away from it. But, um, you know, I, one thing I think was so key is how she was just going about her daily life. Mary was going about her daily life when, and she was just, she was open when God spoke to her and she said yes and the Holy Spirit covered her. And I think that that was, that's just a beautiful thing. So, to hone down on the dream, it's when God gives us his plan for our life, whether big or small, we say yes, then we begin to think about it and act on it. That's a dream. And I'm pretty sure y'all can repeat that because I think I said that about five times, but I just really want y'all to understand it because I didn't understand it for so long. So this dream cycle we're talking about, the first part is the dream. The second part that inevitably happens is the disappointment right? We are in a season in our nation and world where there's a lot of disappointment. So a lot of us are very, very familiar with that. So we're going to pick up in Mary's story. Um, right now, Jesus was, at this point, Jesus was born and the wise men went to look for Jesus. They got to Jerusalem and talked with the king to try to find Jesus and King Herod got jealous. So we're going to go to Matthew 2. Uh, verse 13. And we're going to read there. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child and kill him. Now, I would say that would be a great disappointment. You know, God comes to Mary in her everyday life and tells her she's going to be pregnant. Miraculous. She delivers him. Miraculous. And then she finds out that the king is trying to kill her newborn baby. Now, it's not just that anybody was trying to kill him. It's the king. Like, think of the most powerful person that you know, and they're probably not even as powerful as the kings were back then. They had some authority, and they didn't have all those laws protecting the people like we do now. They did what they wanted. And so to know that the king was going to search out your new baby and kill it, that just... That blows my mind, the, the disappointment she must have felt in that moment, holding that sweet baby in her arms. You know, Proverbs thirteen twelve says that hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And in the message, it says unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick, but a sudden good break can turn life around. You know, hope deferred and unrelenting disappointment I see in our society today. I see in our churches today where women and men, but we're women here today, so that's what we're talking about. Women are walking around in just disappointment, walking around with hope deferred. And that's why it's important to talk about this. That's why it's important to think about this. If you can get in a moment, if you're in a moment where you're disappointed, and you can think back to that hopes, that dream cycle that Cassie talked about. And you can say, okay, this disappoint, my dream was disappointed. My dream felt like it was shattered. This is normal. 
So where do I go now? Disappointment is really, another word for it, is broken dreams. And just like dreams, everyone faces disappointments, and it comes in all shapes and sizes. Happened to Mary, Job, Jesus, Joseph, the disciples, and us. Broken family, failed test, sickness, a loved one passing away, a loved one being sick, a friend who moved away, opposition to to what God has called you to do. Those things, plus many more, bring disappointment. Hope deferred has the potential to cause us to walk around discouraged, full of anxiety. Ask yourself this. Am I walking around discouraged? Am I filled, filled with anxiety? Am I not trusting anybody? Am I depressed? Am I scared? Do I feel hopeless? Am I critical towards others? Do I, am I always blaming everybody else for my problems? Am I having a hard time not indulging in sin? The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 9, says, but you, you sisters, you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. That's who you are. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness and to his wonderful light. Because of whose we are and who we are, we can show others the goodness of God. Disappointment doesn't have to define us. We will walk through disappointment. It is going to happen. We are living in a fallen world. And what I want to tell us today, because I'm talking to me, is we don't have to stay there. We don't have to stay in disappointment. Whenever our hope gets deferred, whenever our dreams get broken, we don't have to live in that disappointment. There is a way out. And it's another part of the cycle. You know, that night when Joseph had the dream, He had a decision to make. Am I going to listen and head out with my family or I'm going to stay here? He had a decision and that's point number, that's the third part in the, in the, um, in the dream cycle. Look, is my notes are a little messed up, but that's the third part in the dream cycle is decision. We have to make a decision. Are we going to stay in the disappointment? Are we going to take another step? Now, when we have a dream, we have to decide if we're going to say yes or no. You could be off the dream cycle. You could like totally like not even care, not even have plans, not even care about what God says for you and what he wants you to do. But I want to encourage you to seek the Lord and ask him, God, what is it that you want me to do? When we're faced with those disappointments, ask yourself, Do I go the way of the Lord or do I go back in my old habits? When I'm faced with disappointment, do I follow, do I seek and follow the instructions of the Lord or do I try to find someone else's logic that kind of makes sense and makes me feel good? I've done it all. I've done all that. (laughs) Do we quiet ourselves and seek his counsel, his refuge and his comfort? 
Or do we occupy ourselves with distractions? Ladies, this is serious times. We must decide. And of course, I'm going to decide. I'm going to encourage you to make the decision to go towards the Lord and his word. But I have to highlight that you will make a decision. And if you decide to do nothing, that's still a decision. So we must decide to do something. And resting in the Lord and resting in his presence is something. You may not be actively moving towards something, but you may have a moment where you are deciding to sit and rest and get filled up and get healed. That is something. And that's one of the most important some things that we can do after we go through disappointment. Do we stay the course or do we abandon ship? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'ams. You know, I was spending time with a lady um, months back, and she had lost her husband within, oh gosh, was it six months? Um, and we were talking, and she shared with me that there was a day, and this, this it gets me, <laughs> there was a day that she was sitting in her living room by herself, and she was full of grief, covered, just just crying, Lord, I miss him. Why did he have to go? You know, all the questions we ask when we miss someone we love so much. And as she sat there and sought the Lord, she didn't necessarily pick up a phone or turn the TV on to just forget about it. She sat in her chair and waited. And she told me, she said, I never knew God as comforter until I needed him to be my comforter. And it makes me think of how many times we have such a great need in our lives. We've come out of disappointment and we distract ourselves and we think and we we do other things or we seek other things. There's a trend going on in the church today and it's settling for supplements instead of real food. The church has supplemented daily bread for old manna. Manna from three weeks ago, manna from three years ago. And what I mean by that, for those of you who are like, what is manna? Because some of you don't. It's okay. What I'm saying here is instead of seeking God and getting a word from God, God to speak to us through his word, we look for other ways. Books. Now, books aren't bad. Sermons from other pastors aren't bad. But I could tell you God wants to speak to you. His words to you, to me, that's the real food. Then we could supplement with other things, just like you would in a healthy diet. But I think that that's so, so, so important to keep in mind. We got to decide to lean heavily into God. We have to decide to use God as our comforter and, and not trying to get everything else. In Luke 12, 31, it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. Seek God above all else. When we are in that dream cycle, we're in the cycle of life, and we face disappointments, we face hurt and pain, God has created us to seek him. So guess what? You will never, we, I, we will never be filled until we seek him because he didn't create us to fill ourselves with anything else but him. 
And we, we must, must, must remember that. Now, what I did was I had Amanda in your booklet. I had her print some of the names of God. And I'm going to turn to that because I didn't put it in my notes. Now, the names of God tell us who God's character is. If you look in there, there's a scripture that comes from, that, that's where the name comes from. One of my absolute favorites is L-R-O-I. I'm not sure how to say it. L-Roy. The strong one who sees me. And I've talked about this scripture before. And as I was praying over this message, that's the second one, the third, the fourth one, the fourth one on the list, I had, I felt like the Lord was just showing me that, you know, we want to be seen. We are, I mean, how many pictures do we have on Instagram, Facebook? And look, I'll put pictures up there too. I'm not going to lie. I'm the one that takes like 20 selfies and then decides not to put any of them because they all look dumb. So I, I'm, I'm with you. We want to be seen sometimes. We want to be heard sometimes. But you know, the Lord is the one who sees us. And when we realize that it is him who sees us, we have no more need to go around and get someone else to see us. We have no more need to seek attention from men and let that matter more than God. We don't have a need for that anymore because we know that we serve the God who sees us and our hope is in the one, in the God who sees us. Our hope is in God who provides. Our God, our hope is in God who is near. I challenge you. I want you. We put this in here because I want you to walk away from here today. And I want you to sit with God and say, God, show me how you're my master. Show me how you're the most high. Show me how you're the everlasting God. Show me that you see me so I don't need to seek anyone else's attention. God wants to be that in your life, but you got to be looking. You got to be seeking. In order to see God, we must seek God. You know, in closing, I want to just remind y'all to not let. And when I say y'all, I'm so talking to me. God takes me through something or I'm still trying to get it. And he's like, hey, share this while you're walking through it too. Let's not make the mistake of putting our hope in the dreams that God has given us, but let's put our hope in the one who makes the dreams happen, right? Because he can change it. If we might have a dream, he might give us a little piece and we think, oh, this is where I, this is what I'm doing. And he's like, okay, seek me, but I'm really going to take you here. And it's going to be so much better than we ever could have imagined, but we must seek him. I love what Tony Evans says. He says, if you want to know the plan for your life, Don't go looking for the plan. Look for the planner. Look to God. And God will will, will, uh, lead us and guide us into where we need to go. Because his plans, like Jeremiah 29, 11 says, he knows the plans. I'm going to trust in him. I've chosen to trust in him for the plans for my life through the disappointment through the good times, through the bad times. And I, I encourage y'all to do that too. But like Tanya said earlier, you know, there, there's, there may be some ladies in here that you have never surrendered your life to Jesus. You've never said, Lord Jesus, I want your plan instead of my own. And it's as simple as that. We will walk around wanting, doing our plan. And God says, I have a plan for you. My plan is better. And so I want to encourage 
everyone today to seek God for that plan. We're going to take a minute and pray in a, we're going to take a minute and pray in a minute. But I want to encourage you to want to give Jesus your life and lay down your plan for him so that he can take it and lead you and guide you. But I also want to pray for you ladies who have abandoned ship. I know that in a room with this many women, there's some of you who have abandoned ship on some kind of dream. And it's probably because you got disappointed. It's probably because you got discouraged, disheartened, discontent. It happens. The Bible's full of people. That, that I mean, it's, it happens. But I want to encourage you to get back on, to come back on, come aboard, come back on. God is not through. God is not done with you. I want to talk to you. I want to pray for y'all who are hanging on. Those of you who are barely hanging on today. I know that's a tough place to be. And I know in my life there were times where I was barely, barely hanging on. And God and his goodness and his faithfulness, as I turned myself, my face and my attention to him, he helped me. And he pulled and he, no, don't, don't jump. And so there's some of you who want to jump. You are in here today and you want to jump. You want to jump. Don't do it. I want to, I'm going to pray for you. But I want to encourage you, don't jump. Get surrounded with some friends. Seek God first. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Take a minute and ask the Lord, what have I been seeking instead of you? And once we can identify what we've been seeking instead of God, and we can lay that down and start seeking God first, our lives will change. We will change. And I want to pray for you, ladies, who there's women around you, and God wants you to throw them a life ring. There's some of us in here that we have women around us and God wants you to pray for them. God wants you to give them a smile. God wants you to share your love and your light with them. He wants you to throw them a ring and get, get, get them back on. And so you can stay seating while you're sitting. I just, if there's any of this that speaks to you, which it hopefully would be all, I just want you to just lift up your hands and surrender to the Lord. I love putting up your hands as a sign of surrender because ultimately we're surrendering to his plan. God, we want your plan. And so I just, for those of you who have never given your life to Jesus Christ and you've never asked him for his plan for your life, I want to ask you to just repeat a few things after me as a prayer as a declaration of what you need from him and say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to help me seek your plan above my own. I give you my life and I'm going to choose to trust you with it. I make you my Lord and Savior in Jesus name. 
Now I'll just lift your hands up while I pray for the rest of us. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that Mary was an example for us, Father God, that could go through this cycle, Father God, of getting so excited and then heartbroken, Father God. But Lord Jesus, I pray that we would all make a decision to seek you. Lord God, I pray that we would all make a decision to find what we need in you, Lord God. Lord, I pray that when we start to look to other places, Father God, that we would be reminded that those things will not fill us, God, but you will. Lord, I pray that your name would be on our lips, Father God, that your name and your character, Lord God, would be in our minds at all times, Father God. Lord, I pray for every woman that has jumped ship, that has abandoned ship. I pray for the women who have abandoned their their families, Father God. I pray for the women that have abandoned their calling, Father God. I pray, Father God, for the women that have abandoned what you, that have abandoned you, Father God. I pray that this day, Father God, that they would rise up, Father God, and climb back on that ship, Father God, and and do what you have called them and designed them to do, Father God. And Lord, I lift up every woman that's considering, Father God, calling it quits, Father God. Lord, I pray that you show them right now what it is that they are wanting to quit, Father God. And I pray, Father God, that they would choose you, Father God. Lord God, that they would seek you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, Lord, I thank you that you're not done with us yet, Father. I thank you that it's not too late, Lord God. Lord, I just come against the lie that says it's too late. You're too far gone. Lord, I rebuke that. I bind it up in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, God, that it is not too late. It is not too late. Now is the time. Father, I pray that the women in here that need to have a season of rest and replenishment would listen to you, and they would do that, Father God. My God, I pray for all the rest of us, Father, that our eyes would be open, Lord God, to see who needs a life ring, Father. Use us. If you want to be used by God, lift your hands. If you want to be used by God to throw a life ring out to someone who needs it, to someone who's drowning, to someone who needs help, lift your hands up to the Lord and say, send me, I'll go. Send me, I'll go, Lord. We will go. What is it that you want us to do, Lord? Just speak to us, God. Send us your daughters. We will go. Father, I pray a hedge of protection over every woman here, Father God. I pray as they go out today, Father God, that their heart's desire would be to seek you and make a difference for you and your kingdom, Lord. Oh, Lord, I pray that you would steady every heart in here, Lord God, so every one of us, Lord, could seek you steadily, Lord God. Lord, you are so good to us. We worship you. We praise you. We love you. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right.